Are you looking for a new career challenge? Do you enjoy being involved with helping feed, clothe, and fuel our nation? With a wide range of career options from agronomy, sales, accounting, logistics, and IT, and operations, Helena has career opportunities across the United States. Check us out at career opportunities at helenaagra.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to FieldLink. I'm your host, Bill Smith. Well, the growing season is in full swing across the United States, and that means it's field day time for many suppliers. In this episode, we'll sit down with leaders of the Helena Products Group and discuss some of the latest products and innovations that are currently being researched at the AgriCenter International in Memphis, Tennessee, and across the nation. We'll chat with Patrick Ewan and Greg Smith as they introduce the Protecta Technology Method and dive into some of the research that's taking place with the Helena Products Group. Plus, we'll visit with Jody Lawrence and get the latest in commodity markets. Stay tuned for FieldLink. Joining us now is Patrick Ewan. He is the Director for Sales and Marketing for the Helena Products Group based in Memphis, Tennessee. Patrick, welcome to FieldLink. Hey, Bill. Thanks for having me on. Patrick, first, tell us a little bit about you and how did you make your journey here to uh, the Helena Products Group and become the director for sales and marketing? Well, Bill, I, I grew up in agriculture. I uh, just right here across the river in uh, southeast Arkansas, family farm, uh, uh, family was in the equipment business. Uh, so it's really in my blood from, from, from day one. Uh, just really intrigued by what agriculture does and what it means to not only us here in the States, but globally, and uh, it's what really makes the world turn. Started my career early in consulting, uh, really learned in the consulting side of it how important agronomic recommendations are. Mm -hmm. Bridged from there over into the seed business, and, and yet again, good learning curve for me looking at the importance of hybrids and varieties and, and selection and sure. what that means uh, to the grower's uh, bottom line. Uh, then I decided to, to move over in the chemistry space and spent uh, about 21 years with uh, a basic supplier where I've got uh, hands-on experience around discovery and how products are launched into the market. And uh, really, right there is where I really got to know Helena as okay. a customer. Oh, wow. Uh, I had worked with them in many different jobs. Mm -hmm. uh, one included their Helena Products Group, and that's where I was really intrigued. Uh, really got excited about what they were doing. You know, one would think, okay, they're just uh, bringing a, a private label to the market or they've got a generic AI uh, or they've got different adjuvants that do stuff and they're, they're putting them out to the customer. But it was much, much more than that. Sure. And, uh, I had worked with them on a couple of fungicides and seed treatments and was really, really intrigued about what they were doing in terms of building formulations better to get mm -hmm. maximum performance out of the products and um, never really had at that time thought about yeah. being within the organization certainly it was a culture that I uh, that, that I felt welcomed in uh, really talented people just I, I was often told uh, my comp prior company the chemists that were in that lab over there were second to none I've, wow. I've never seen the, the level of performance and just had a really, really strong bond uh, sure. with the organization. And then, uh, lo and behold, I got the opportunity to come come on board. All right. And uh, they wanted to look at building the portfolio uh, in different ways. And um, 
I jumped on the opportunity, and here I am today, six and a half years later, and uh, uh, really enjoying every day. Well, Patrick, uh, you know, as the uh, director for sales and marketing for the Helena Products Group, or, you know, often referred to as HPG, can you tell our listeners what the Helena Products Group is all about? Yeah, Bill, uh, Helena Products Group is, is really a department within Helena. We work on our own portfolio, being Helena's portfolio. We're located at the AgriCenter International here in Memphis, Tennessee. Uh, and really what we do is we produce products and we make them better. So what does that really mean? So we have to provi- provide a defined and measurable performance or benefit to our customers. Mm-hmm. So it's a measurable benefit to our customers. So, you know, if we, we make an enhanced product and, you know, it costs more to make that product, it still has to measure what the overall benefit are is of that product. So are we enhancing profitability right. for our customer? So putting more dollars in that grower's pocket at the end of the day. Absolutely. And, and we offer seven categories of products that okay. they're all very important to us. We've got an adjuvant line. We've got a bioscience line. Our control release nitrogen sure. line with Coron. Okay. Uh, we offer HPG fertilizers, nutritionals, seed treatments, and, and again, our value-added chemistries. Wow. Um, but just, just take away, it, it's making products better. Right. That's what we do. So, Patrick, what I'm hearing you say is, it's really interesting to, I guess, view some of the activities that were taking place uh, as an outsider from a different lens, looking inside, you know, what was really taking place at the Helena Products Group. Yeah, I mean, that that's pretty interesting. You know, I think uh, being in the, the basic manufacturing uh, position, you know, we, we think about chemistries mm-hmm. every day and we're looking at discovery and then, you know, bringing products to market that will, will enhance uh, what the market's doing for different pests or Need. But when I, when you look at HPG, we're so much broader than that in terms of categories of products that right. we sell. You know, from adjuvants to bioscience to uh, our, our control release nitrogen products with Coron, HPG fertilizers, uh, nutritionals, seed treatments, and then you've got your value added chemistry. It was it was really broad and really got uh, more of an in depth view of not only protection based products but mm-hmm. production based products and. Right. Um, as I came in and was working with them on chemistry, I really saw opportunity uh, to really enhance different things in the protection spot. I know, mm-hmm. um, you know, at the time we worked with with different distributor uh, companies around the, the U.S. Uh, here, and they were important to us. But also, sure. it was really unique to see a company that was not just taking a product and putting it in a jug and labeling it a brand, but they were really enhancing the formulation of it to, to really get the most out of the active ingredients. And, of course, then they had a whole host of everything else that came from production uh, on additional nutritionals, uh, different bioscience products and adjuvants. It just gave me uh, a different appreciation for really building true agronomic solutions across a portfolio and still getting the opportunity to work with a, a valued partner. Yeah, and, and I think you know, having that experience as a crop consultant in your earlier years truly adds value to the whole system of understanding agronomics. That's the key. Agronomics is key, and I, I really coined it under our, our knowledge phase as Helena is agronomic recommendations and, and the right recommendation, the right product, the right time is 
exactly what we're trying to do here with Helena Products is, mm-hmm. is maximize the customer's profitability. And, and to be able to do that, you've got to be agronomically sound. Absolutely. Patrick, um, for the last couple of years, Helen has embraced a concept called Evolve. Help our listeners understand, what is Evolve? Well, simply put, Bill, uh, Evolve is what I would say our roadmap, our strategy. So what does that really mean? Um, The main objective with Evolve is just what I just mentioned. It's Mm -hmm. to maximize our customers' profitability and their return on their production protection inputs. And we've got a whole host of actions that we're doing with that. You know, we're looking at our complete portfolio, which which could be HPG, mm-hmm. a product there. We also have... Which is the Helena Products Helena Group. Products Group. Okay. We also have uh, our preferred suppliers that sure. bring us technology, and we also look at, you know, their branded products. So. Right. All that together, how can we really position and make the best agronomic recommendation for the customer? Uh, it takes a village of people, and it's about people, everybody understanding their role, uh, what they bring to it. Right. We're utilizing data okay. through our agri-intelligence platform. And, and many times it's the, own cu- the, the customer's field actually telling us what it needs, and then we're really right. looking at the best product to fit that situation and timing. Uh, so it's it's really about organizing the things that we do, okay. but doing them really, really well. And if you think about our slogan, people, products, right. knowledge, it's really about getting the people trained, understanding their role, what they bring to it. I just say agronomic training, agronomic training. Sure. Uh, but also, it's it's not just our existing people. It's it's how do you attract additional talent uh, to the mm-hmm. organization, and then it's looking at the products whether it's Helena Products with HPG, Partners Technologies, Partners Branded Products, it's understanding those and how they best fit in the market. And then really what underpins all of that is the knowledge, not of just the people and the knowledge of the products, but what's the field telling us to do? And we're we're really utilizing that through our agri-intelligence group to, to make the best agronomic recommendations. So, Patrick, can you share with us some, I guess, some examples of uh, of Evolve and, and maybe some success stories of how Evolve's working in the field for growers? Well, I think you can really bridge to, to two things is, one, how we go about our day-to-day um, our jobs. You know, mm-hmm. what what's our intent? What's our objective this week in terms of, is it, you know, we may be in the pre-plant phase of the market, you know, what are the products that we've got? What are the things that our growers are needing? Mm-hmm. Uh, is getting our team aligned to really decide what to do and plan for it, make sure our folks are trained, make sure they've got confidence of what we're selling, uh, how we interact with our agri-intelligence folks, how we interact with our agronomists, is bringing a team of experts in with the ultimate goal is to maximize that customer's profitability. Uh, that's one example. Mm-hmm. Uh, just just to make that a little more realistic sure. is is our AI group has uh, high ground, which which goes out and, and we're doing a lot of soil sampling. Okay, you know we understand what the field is deficient on, so then that would go back. Let's just say uh, whatever micronutrient it is to making sure that we've got that particular product 
that will fit that need for that customer. And it's again, it's not us just looking at it saying, hey, we think he needs this. It's it's actually his field telling us what he needs. And then we would align the appropriate uh, the appropriate personnel with that, whether it's uh, you know the product manager mm-hmm. talking about the product and what why it's important here, or it's it's the product specialist talking about some additional technical benefits of it, or maybe it's the agronomist talking about what the data is saying and why mm-hmm. it's saying it, and then how can we help that deficiency? So that's a pretty good example of how technology is really integrating with agronomy. And, and Helena Products, you, you've comp, um, they're definitely complementing each other. Is that pretty accurate? Oh, absolutely. I think, uh, I mean, if you ask me, Bill, I think information is absolutely the most critical piece to get right. And I think companies that can take the best information generated from the farm and can put it in the simplest form to have the biggest impact uh, will be the leader in the future. That's certainly something that, that Helen was practicing every day. Yeah, I think that's very true. You know, growers want things simple. Let's say farming's very complex, and you know that from your past history uh, in the basic manufacturing world, as well as being an agronomist and a crop consultant. It's even getting more complex these days, especially as we bring in new technology. And having, I guess, that team to support them at the farm gate is really critical. Yeah, I, I think if you look at our market, you know, from from our customers, you look at uh, the consultants that are in the market. You look at it, it gets back to the team teamwork. Mm-hmm. Is everybody's got a role, and and if you're an expert in that role and you come together with good teamwork, you can really really be impactful. On again, our ultimate objective is to increase and maximize our customers' profitability based on their inputs and. Uh, you know, I, it, I can't say enough for our team out there because we learn every day. Sure. But I, w- I would argue we've got some really, really good agronomic folks who can really put the best agronomic solutions in front of our customers. Patrick, shift gears a little bit here. It's the end of June. It's a busy time for your team here in Memphis. Uh, your group will be hosting an Evolve Field Day. Uh, what's the purpose of the Evolve Field Day, and and it, that'll be held here in Memphis at the end of June? Every summer, it, it's it's a uh, really exciting time for us to get out. Uh, and and why is that? Because we're getting to showcase what we've been working on uh, here in the office in the lab with our uh, R and D partners, as well as a lot of the uh, R and D trials that we farm out. And these are the products that we'll be launching in September formally. Okay. And it gets us a chance to not only showcase to our internal colleagues about what we have and and and, and tell them about it, what's coming, but also uh, this year we're actually bringing in some customers to share wow. uh, with the introductory of these products. Uh, and then we're going to uh, show them a few things that we're working on that are a little bit further down the road, but very exciting time for us to really share what we've been working on behind the scenes. Well. Patrick, one uh, at the field date, one of the things that your team is going to be featuring is a technology method called Protecta. What is Protecta? Bill, the simplest form I would say to take away from this is Protecta is enhancing the active ingredients potential. So okay. what, what does that really mean? So, okay. you know, there's some great products on the market, you know, around insecticides and fungicides, which that's where Protecta is, 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 is fitting. And 
What we do is we look is how do you go above and beyond mm-hmm. to build that formulation better and simply put where it makes the products perform better. And yes, we've got a higher cost of production to be able to do that. Sure. Uh, but we're offering to a to a smaller segment of the market. It's a higher cost, right? But they perform better. But we look for does it truly maximize the performance of that product and give the customer a better return on their investment? And what Protecta is doing, it's it's getting the right ratio of technology that's going in suspension with the active ingredients that makes that active ingredients perform to its potential. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and it's really, really interesting uh, around Protectas because we've had several breakthroughs that we've been working over the last three to four years to really figure out how you enhance insecticidal control okay. and how you enhance fungicidal control. And, you know, it's it's not something that's exactly the same with each one of them because every AI is different. Okay. When you put them together, they're different. But what we've been able to pioneer and figure out is is when you do combine combine different actives, mm-hmm. is the formulation technology that we're putting in is giving a higher level of return in terms of performance. And how do we know this? It's not something that we just do here in the lab. Once we have the formulation, we farm this out to third-party researchers okay. under a uh, HM number is what we call it. Okay. And they give us unbiased data back. And mm. we look at that over a three-year period and go, have we made a difference? You know, yes, it's more costly for us to build these, but at the end of the day, is it delivering a higher profit and better control for that customer? Wow. So it sounds like Protecta is a method that takes good products and frankly makes them better. Is is that in terms of formulating them? I think that's uh, totally appropriate to put it like that. I would say just to build it a little deeper, it's a diligent design. Okay. uh, On the higher performing active ingredients. Again, we're getting precise ratios, precise concentrations. We're putting unique formulation technology that's specifically Mm -hmm. made for those two AIs. Okay. And then again, from there, we want expert analysis. It's not something that we're just going to evaluate here on our own. We want other non-biased experts within the industry to look at these and say, rate them. How are they performing? Uh, We do this across multiple geographies, multiple conditions. Uh, We do it against performance comparison, what's currently on the market that's similar. Can we outperform that? Uh, But it's unbiased third-party researchers that are giving us that answer. Uh, So the verified results are really, really key uh, to bringing these to market. We want, again, a balanced, consistent formulation. We want better disease control, better insect control. We want enhanced compatibility and handling. That's very important to our customers. And just just to, to round out your question here mm-hmm. is why are we doing this is we really want to simplify pest management and we think that we're changing the experience of customers using fungicides and insecticides when they go with one that has protective technology. Now they can go to the tank with protective technology, 
having a very high level of confidence that a lot of research has gone into that uh, at the end of the day. Absolutely. And, not, and have very high level confidence in that type of product. You know, and the thing too that, that, that I always like to say when we're doing these podcasts is it really doesn't matter what you and I sure, are saying. Yeah, absolutely. I, I want to take our existing customer base yep. as well as new customers out there. Let them try the product. Let yep. them look at it. Let them make their own decisions. Mm-hmm. But, but we know based on what we've seen and our third-party researchers, that we we truly have something different here, and it's going to offer a different level of experience for our customers. So, so Patrick, when when can growers start to uh, expect to see Protecta maybe hitting some of their farms? And and I guess w- what kind of products are going to introduce or have Protecta inside of them out of here fairly shortly. Our first products will be in 2023. Okay. Now, here at this field day we've got coming up next week, mm-hmm. uh, we will showcase two products. Uh, okay. One is called Mogul. Okay. Uh, the other is called Tycoon. Uh, they're both fungicides. Okay. Uh, we'll show those, we'll showcase those two products, show a little bit of data with them. We'll, okay. we'll show them some of the performance in the field. And mm-hmm. I, I know it's hard to look at a plot uh, right. at a field day, especially on a hot June day and say, is it working or not? 100 degrees but, in Memphis. <laughs> but really the main intent there, Bill, right. is just to say these are coming. Right. Uh, we will formally launch them in September, second okay. week of September at our national sales meeting. Uh, and then our sales team will be getting out to to work with our retail locations and wholesale customers to, to share uh, these products Uh but it would be two products in 2023 with Mogul and Tycoon. Excellent, excellent. So a uh, couple products, a couple fungicides coming to the market a couple in the near future. Yes, sir. All right, excellent. Uh, Patrick, what other uh, evolve, I guess, experiences can folks expect at this field day uh, coming up? Well, we're not only going to do the, the new product introductions, we're also going to host and showcase a lot of key technologies and products that we already have in the market. So, uh, you know, whether it's on soybeans, Sure. Uh, cotton, uh, corn. Uh, we'll showcase some existing products and how they're working, and then working with our uh, some of our groups that are out in the, the field uh, with our customers. Uh, they've got different mm-hmm. types of programs, agronomic mm-hmm. solutions, if you will, that uh, we're going to share with them and some of the results we're having there. So, uh, you know, we'll have a have a good group of folks here. It will be hot, but yet it'll be exciting yeah. about some of the things that it, we're, we're offering. It, it's that time of year, and uh, field uh, field days are certainly happening across the country. Uh, Patrick, are there other field days, evolved field days, happening across the rest of the nation that growers might be able to experience? We are, Bill. We've got uh, field days that are going on mm-hmm. uh, across all four business units okay. uh, and even our specialty group. Uh, just to showcase our product line, yeah. uh, I would say on average we're probably having four to five of those outside of the big one that we have here at the Agri Center. Okay, uh, here at HPG. So yes, uh, they'll have the opportunity to see these more on a local basis and sure. some of the things that, that we're doing. Sir, so uh, our, our listeners should reach out to their local Helena representative uh, to learn more about some of those uh, opportunities to experience some of these evolved field days, and uh, as well as uh, you know any other uh, side by side trials that might be done at a local level. Uh, Patrick, uh, is there anything else you want to share with the team today? Appreciate you having me on. Yeah. Uh, it's always nice to get up and talk about HPG as well as, as Helena and, and what we're doing. Uh, but but I can't say enough about our people yeah. uh, embracing what we do uh, as a company and, and then really working together as an agronomic team to bring our customers uh, the best recommendations, which ultimately can enhance their, their overall profitability.
Well, I want to thank you, Patrick Yoon, for joining us here today uh, on FieldLink. And uh, folks, uh, stay tuned for more Protecta coming your way in the fall. Sounds like we got a couple of fungicides uh, going to be introduced in the fall. Be sure to reach out to your Helena representative to learn more about Protecta. And now we're going to head to Nashville, Tennessee to visit with Jody Lawrence for a commodity update. Uh, Jody, uh, welcome to FieldLink today. Thank you, Bill. Uh, A big day always. The June 30th report is a massive market mover and just simply this this kind of two, three-week period between June 20th and July 10th. You get a lot of information from the USDA and obviously you get some really critical weather updates and uh, what's, you know, peering into pollination forecasts. So it's it's been a hectic and volatile and unfortunately a a bearish time over the last 10 days. Yeah, a lot going on. A lot of a lot of reports coming out, obviously. Um, boy, uh, between the USDA, you take a look at the weatherman, uh, as well as some of the other commodities that are out there. Uh, Jody, wh- what's the government talking about as far as this uh, USDA report on the, uh, you know, on the stocks report? Well, this one is pretty clean because they're, uh, they really just update planted acreage and the June 1st stocks. And with those coming in, Despite the kind of cool, wet start to planting and the issues in the North Dakota, Minnesota, uh, you know, really pressing on after prevent plan insurance dates had passed, mm-hmm. the corn number came in slightly above uh, what average trade guess was and about 400,000 acres above what the USDA estimated in March came in at 89.921, so it, which gave the trade a bearish reaction because the weather at this point has uh, it looks more favorable but certainly there are enough fringe problems and uh, had wide-ranging conversations today for people all over the 33 states that we try to talk to that you've got you you probably have a third if not 40 percent of the farmers who feel like they are desperate for a rain. So it, I, I find it odd the way the market is trading to have given up a dollar forty in the last mm-hmm. uh, fifteen days uh, over some mild weather and uh, and some rain for really just some you know very regionalized areas in eastern Iowa and Illinois. But that's what happens usually when it rains in Illinois. The market goes down. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, not a lot of surprises, though, in this report uh, from, from what we're picking up. No, the the, uh, the stocks numbers for corn at uh, 4.346 uh, billion bushels was just uh, slightly above estimate. Mm-hmm. But it really, uh, we're not sure the more calls I make talking to elevators and talking to buyers and talking to end users on the feed side, when you're having to pay a dollar thirty, two dollars. I even heard a plus three dollar bid for corn in basis today. Uh, I, I'm really shocked because I, I just don't think the USDA fully understands uh, what how to, how to put this whole thing together. Because either the farmer is uh, holding on to everything that they can, and they're gonna and they'll win the battle, which they will, mm-hmm. or there's just not as many stocks out there because when you're having to pay 
uh, gosh, you know, a dollar fifty, two dollars over the board for anything, that tells me there's a shortage. And when you right. st- talk about the uh, bean stocks number, it did rise significantly over last year and a little bit above estimates at 971 million bushels. But the big surprise in the whole report was that planted acreage for beans came in two point, uh, let's say, two point one five million acres below uh, March and uh, below estimates, and that really uh, sent beans from trading thirty forty lower early before the report to uh, to traded 40 higher at one point before that rally kind of fizzled. So, but you're still talking about some, uh, you know, uh, when you take out 2 million acres of anything, you're, you're in beans, all of a sudden that's a hundred million bushels. And that uh, begins to get ending stocks down to very, very snug positions. So you're starting uh, to get things tight. You know, those are big swings when you, you know, a few percent here and there, but boy, oh boy, that adds up, doesn't it? Yeah, it it does. It 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 would be it would be the you know the equivalent of losing uh, you know close to four hundred million bushels on the uh, on the corn side. But all the wheat numbers in this report, because you're at the harvest of the winter and mm-hmm. the spring wheat's all been planted, usually a non-event. And today's numbers were completely neutral as expected, so nothing surprising there. And the the real frustration is just simply that. Corn, uh, because uh, we were trading uh, two weeks ago uh, a really dry, uh, uh, unprecedentedly dry mid-June forecast, went into the Juneteenth weekend, came back, and that's really started uh, milder and wetter forecasts uh, just about every day since then. And you've got corn having taken off $1.40 from where we were trading in the middle of the month, which... And I've, I've, I've never, and it, most people in this market have never seen mm-hmm. it, uh, it, such a collapse when you are not talking about just an entire Corn Belt wide soaking rain or several rain events right. to really make the crop because it's, uh, it appears to be overreaction uh, it, if you look at it fundamentally just from what the cash markets are doing. But when you have the funds and you have the rest of the people involved in this that we're battling these days, it becomes a very, very, uh, they're very formidable opponents when you read the numbers one way and they have twice as much money and decide to read them the other. Right. A lot, a lot of volatility in that area. Certainly, uh, you know, the headlines being weather right now, uh, uh, influencing a lot of things in the marketplace. And and, and what are some other market, uh, weather challenges that you're hearing from some of your customers, Jody? Well, uh, of course, uh, Helena's headquarters being uh, in Collierville, just outside of Memphis, y'all have been sweltering and the entire Delta has been under, uh, I believe, when you take it, uh, Tennessee, you know, you talk when you're talking crop specific about right. uh, the lower Ohio Valley. If you take Kentucky and you take Tennessee, you take Arkansas, Mississippi, Alabama, Louisiana. Uh, it's the hottest and driest June on record uh, for uh, a lot of those states, and you just can't uh, jump that hurdle of going, "Oh well, worst June ever," but these crops will be fine. And you're seeing that, and, and including Texas in this, because Texas uh, is already 
uh, widespread reports of just abandoning uh, whatever did come up on the corn side and on the cotton side simply because they just, uh, just just got smoked by the heat and the lack of rain. And on the cotton side, for the cotton guys listening, that acreage number was down a million and seen as supportive, but the demand destruction of the fear of the world recession lately right. because of everything that's going on has been the hammer that's pounded cotton from you know the mid one twenties down to under a hundred dollars uh, or a dollar a pound now, and uh, but it, just looking at the entirety of the report, it's hard to understand why it, the the only uh, it, it, thing that's not logical to me in this report is that the U.S. farmer went to more trouble to plant their corn which was the highest risk, highest input cost uh, crop at the expense of beans, which was making them just about as much money at half or less of the input. So, And you look at the strength of the, of the cash market and these stocks numbers to uh, for the USDA not to at least address that in some capacity. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seems to me that this it, this report uh, leaves, especially on the corn side, uh, more questions than answers. Well, it kind of goes back to those guys that like to plant corn, really want to plant corn. And despite all the obstacles, like you mentioned, uh, they, they still got the acres put in this year for the 22 crop. Jody, uh, other big news kind of in this uh, area of uh, markets. A little uh, change in tune in the diesel area. How's energy looking? Well, uh, you've had uh, quite the break in in diesel fuel over the last uh, two weeks. Just about the time where the uh, where the recession, the world recession fears, really came into the market because you've had diesel break uh, almost seventy cents a, a gallon, and while uh, that leads us to a point where you really have to look at hedging some diesel because this is the biggest break we've seen since the war started. And we're going to be in a position that uh, any, because there's no margin for error, uh, mm-hmm. refiners and uh, uh, producers are running at full capacity and stocks are going down. Uh, gasoline stocks, for example, are the lowest in about 10 years. Uh, it, despite gas being at five dollars, U.S. you know the U.S. is still driving, and you have to take that into account because if a hurricane comes into the Gulf and that makes a major disruption during hurricane season, which obviously uh, we're getting closer to in that August September time frame, you, you don't want to pay any more than you have to for all the fuel you're going to need on uh, for harvest. Well, there's, you know, definitely a lot of, you can't avoid it right now. Fuel costs are going crazy, a gasoline, but boy, there might be a little bit of break here and a, a good opportunity for growers to really uh, pay attention to uh, as they look for their fall needs and maybe even beyond. Uh, Jody, boy, you know, always looking for an opportunity out there as growers, uh, you know, as we're, you know, we've talked a lot about the volatility with the grain markets. Um and we all understand that, but boy, if you're feeding livestock right now, uh, trying to manage and navigate this area can be quite challenging. What, uh, what, what advice do you have for those guys out there that got a little cattle or, or some hogs to feed? 
Well, the you know the dollar forty pullback and the almost four dollars even in beans, even though it's bounced, mm-hmm. is really a godsend for the uh, livestock industry because now they uh, prices have held steady. Uh, it, they have not been as affected by the. Uh, world recession fears because the pig number was smaller than expected and on feed is not growing that you're uh, really in a great spot to lock in some long-term feed needs as December corn trades back under 625 to 620 because uh, seven days ago nobody in the world thought they would get this opportunity uh, this summer, you know, maybe not in all of 22. So this is a great spot to uh, figure out your math, do some hedging, buy your inputs on your feed side to know how you're going to finish out those cattle and hogs. Well, definitely a good opportunity for growers, again, that have livestock to be t- paying attention to. There might be some opportunities for you to secure some some supplies for the balance of the year. Jody, want to thank you for joining us uh, from Nashville today. Uh, well, as we're kind of right in the middle of uh, the evolved field days here in, in Memphis, and uh, you referenced the heat down here in Memphis. We're, we definitely have it now, and uh, we could sure use that rain, as you mentioned. So, uh, But Jody, want to thank you for joining us again from Nashville. Okay, Bill, thank you. Everybody have a great 4th of July. Thank you, Jody. Joining us today here on FieldLink is Greg Smith. Greg is the Director of Brand and Innovation and Development uh, for the Helena Products Group. Uh, Greg and his team are responsible for developing innovative products and technologies for Helena. With a portfolio of over 400 brands, his staff is always pushing the boundaries of innovation. Greg, welcome to FieldLink. Thanks, Bill. Thanks for having me. Greg, uh, it's great to have you here. This is your first journey on our podcast, and uh, we're excited to have you here. And uh, uh, But, you know, before we get too deep in about the Helena Products Group and some of the things that you do uh, in your area, t- tell our listeners a little bit about your journey. Where, where's home? Uh, where did you start your, your, your career journey? It's funny you say journey because uh, I was thinking about that and journey is, uh, <laughs> it's been a journey actually, uh, move, moving moving yeah. from, from Arizona to uh, to Memphis. But I've been with Helena for 12 years now. And, and sure. when I first started with Helena, I, I came in as a strate- strategic account manager uh, for the Western Business Unit. And then the last 11 years I've spent it in uh, Arizona and California as a area manager. Mm-hmm. So over there, we dealt with a plethora of crops and our locations, you know, had anything from wine grapes to veggies, citrus, melons, berries, row crop. Wow. Um, so cotton, corn, silage, corn, sweet corn, uh, sugar beets. And of course, alfalfa was our, was our number one crop. Wow. And I've, I've been here now at, uh, in my role since, February 1st. So wow. I come right in time for an ice storm, actually. <laughs> you showed up in Memphis during an ice, the ice storm yeah, of the year. <laughs> yeah. And then I think we had a, a frost that uh, busted our pipe in <laughs> in one of our brand manager's offices. And I think I took the blame for that as well, actually. So <laughs> it's it, I've been getting all the weather-related stuff that happens here in Memphis for the last three, four months. You definitely have a target on your back. Did you bring the heat here too? I, I think the last uh, 10 days, I, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm starting to take some credit. And actually, now that it's been here for that long, I'm starting to take some 
and getting blamed for it too. So awesome. Well, uh, Greg, tell us a little bit about your team. You know, you've got a unique structure uh, at the Helena Products Group on how you're structured between brand and uh, you, you've got a development area. Uh, t- t- tell us how you're structured uh, in your organization. So on the brand side, w- w- those guys are, are organized into two kind of categories. One is uh, crop protection and one is crop production. So we have actually six brand managers in in brand and okay. they actually three on the production side and three on the crop protection side then on on the other parts of, of my team are we got the r&d side and then obviously the lab wow so it actually when you're talking about bringing products it kind of makes sense to have all of those under one umbrella so sure. everybody's kind of I call it the team, like you said, the team, and that's yeah. that, that. You can't do one without the other, so it kind of starts starts with one, and you kind of hand everything off, right. and everybody's kind of counterbalancing and, and actually ground truthing everything from the time you get a product or a concept. So you get uh, get a concept, and that may come from different areas across the company. Uh, heck, I've always been told some of the best ideas yeah. come from the field, right? Yeah. You know, that that's it. Like, you know, when we look at our product concepts and, our, and you know, you listed it, the 400 products that, that we have every year. And if you look at our products that we're selling currently, all of them, our, our major ones came from a, a, a person in the field. And it, and it provided, they seen a need an agronomic need in the field and it came in and our teams took it, found something and it put back to them and provide value to that grower. So that that's the best. And it's yeah. now, did they all happen like that? Not all of them, but sure. it, it's a vast majority of, of our products are coming straight from our field staff. So it, wow. it, it's a great, it's a great way to, you know, when you say what makes us different, I think that's it. You know, we're, 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 right from the ground floor up and then it goes back back to that sales team. Yeah. Well, that's a unique uh, you know, strategy and I guess concept when you think about logically who are the people that are on the turn rows in the fields? It's it, it's our sales staff, it's our support staff and they're the ones that you know are facing the challenges and working with growers on a daily basis. Yeah, they, they see they, they see the need yeah. and and whether it's you know a guy in, you know, Pasco, Washington, or a guy in Florida, right. um, you know, they see something and there's a, there's obviously a need in that area. And with everything that's going on right now, whether it's supply issues and yeah. coming up with uh, resistance and everything else, uh, we have to have that knowledge and bringing it straight in from, from the field. Greg, your group, focuses not just on row crops and, and even specialty crops, but other areas of the business for turf and ornamental and uh, uh, forestry. Is that correct? Yeah. We're, you know, it's interesting. We, we have uh, one that uh, it, we're, we're looking at here that's kind of interesting and uh, is, is, you know, even, even deer repellents and, and wow. repellents and stuff like that. Wow. So yeah, we're, it's, it's not just, uh, you know, corn and soybeans or, sure. or leafy veg and citrus or, um, you know, alfalfa or wheat and barley crops or, right. you know, so it, it, it is truly something that, that we're doing, um, not just 
on on the the big crops it's it's everything and you know and then we have the uh, we also have the the global side too that you know we're, we have a global uh, department here that uh, you know Patrick and those guys look at, look after and and we're still providing support for those people too products that are served around the world yes yeah marabini obviously you know we look after that here in in North America and then once we get outside of that mm-hmm. you know our our parent company marabini you know kind of takes that and runs with it but our global team is here at at our agri center. Wow, excellent. So, Greg, uh, how, how does the Helena Products Group um, develop all of their products? Are they, are they in house, or do you work with outside partners? How are you structured? You know, we have many strategic partners, and 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 those guys do formulate and manufacture for us. But I would say a majority of our products are actually formulated here in the lab, right, right here in at our, at our agri center, and then. You know, we have a sister company called Helen Industries, and then they will do our manufacturing for us. So it's it's a combination, really. But I, the vast majority would be kind of a, an in-house deal, and, and right. you know, we we have our lab people that are that are formulating it. That concept comes in. We make sure that the we can actually formulate it first, and that happens right here on site. And uh, it's been happening like that for fifty years. So wow, I, you know, you're talking about the lab. Um, Helena has a really long history uh, of bringing innovative products uh, that come out of this laboratory here at the Helena Products Group. Uh, Can you tell us more about, you know, the staffing there and some of those objectives? Yeah, you know, I've only been here for a few months, but what I've seen already, it's just the lab, the lab is really, really impressive. And and, and I, I think anytime that we have any of our customers, not external, internal um, and, and we can actually get a grower or anybody that's mm-hmm. brand new. We, we, we do a lot of training here okay. at, at the, at on site. but when they actually get in, in front of our lab people, it really kind of, uh, <laughs> put, put, puts, draws the circles of loop on, on a lot of things. But, you know, when, when I first came, it, it was interesting when I heard 200 years of experience teamed wow. up in, in that, in that lab and, uh, Trey Baker and, and Jennifer Bear do, and their team does an outstanding job formulating products for our field staff. That's really, I guess, the combination of the art and the science yeah. behind bringing these products yeah. together. Yeah, and, and trust me, uh, when I go over to the lab, I am I am in deep, deep water. You know, I'm <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm in shark filled waters. So I, I have to. They got to dumb it down for me quite a bit. But you know, they're impressive, and, and and you know that's that's what they do on a daily basis, and and they love doing it. You go over there and watch Jen and and Trey and and Carlin and and Fix in there. It's awesome to to see what they're doing. Wow, yeah, that's an interesting uh, a group. Uh, ex- Extensive history here at the Helena Products Group with a great, great, uh, uh, you know, longevity too. That's you know unheard of really in 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 in, in our industry. Greg, how does your team identify um, uh, you know products to develop? You know, hey, where do they come up with this? You know, we talked earlier about you know, hey, a lot of our ideas come from the field. But share with me the process. Share share with our listeners the process of developing a product. What goes into that? You know, and we did touch on it a little bit, and and I'll just say, let's just say, the concept comes in from the field, and and that's normally it's the one of one of a we really actually key in on that, and it's it's a focus of ours. We also have you know we have meetings with, <laughs> and um, we're in meetings 
constantly with, with yeah. companies trying to um, look at and, and, and evaluate products that, that may have a fit and for find a need. But I would say once, once we, once we get something, we have to ground truth it. And when we, when we start taking something, the, the team that that's, that's uh, working on this would be the brand team, the lab team, and then the, the R and D team, it would go through the, that process from brand to lab. Lab looks at it. Can they formulate it? Yeah, we can formulate it. Goes to the R and D team. And then the R and D team does their magic, which okay. is anywhere from to make a product or get a product to the field. It's going to take anywhere from two to five years, depending on, on what happens with that product. Okay. And every year our R and D team is, uh, spending anywhere from three million to four million dollars on on replicated trials across wow. the United States. I think, um, if memory serves me, we're we're looking at five hundred and almost six hundred products, five hundred ninety some products, uh, tri- research trials, not products. Sorry, sure. um, research trials across the U.S. I think they're in thirty eight states and on forty forty eight crops. So, wow. um, it, it, and that's just every year. So. It's it's a it's a lot of work that goes into it, and I, and I think the biggest thing that we have to remember is these products that we're trying to bring, um, we're trying to differentiate ourselves from our competition and bringing that value an agronomic need. And if it doesn't meet that, that's why we're doing all this research because if it's going to get that Helena uh, products logo on it, it's got to have some certain standards, and one of them is meeting that need and, and that ROI for that grower. It has to benefit him right. on his on his ranch. You referenced around 597 or so uh, different replicated trials. Is that Helena reps doing all that uh, in the field or how, how's that organized? No, it's, you know, I think we got, we got 22 uh, universities and they're all in independent. These are independent okay. uh, research guys doing this for us. And we, we also have our, um, uh-huh. Helena has our, our R&D team that's okay. kind of independent. Um, they're, they're, they're part of Helena, but they're, they're sure. actually, you know, all the big five companies and en- anybody sure. in, the, in the ag sit- industry is kind of doing research with, with our uh, R&D teams across the United States. Wow. So really. It's a small portion on, on in, internally, yeah. but externally it would be the, the, the big number. Pretty heavy third party research trials. Yeah. And, and because I think if you're going to go out and, and bring something to life, you got to be able to stand behind it and you got to be able to look somebody yeah. in the eye and the grower has to know that when you're bringing these products and if you've been doing it for 50 years, you got to have that come along with it right. and uh, to have that credibility. Yeah. We- Certainly, your team has more to lose than shoving a product out quickly and taking being diligent. Right? Yeah, it, it, <laughs> I think it's a short-term game. You yeah. know, if you do that, you know, we, we wouldn't be in this still here. You and I wouldn't even be on this sure. on, on, doing this thing right now because you lose a customer, and yeah. uh, we want to be in this for the long haul. And ultimately, we're partners with our with our growers. We we want them to succeed because if they don't succeed, um, we're not here. So ultimately we should have that mindset of we actually work for the grower and ultimately we got to do what's best. And if you actually start with that right out of the gate and have that agronomic solution and that'll always put you on the right path.
Greg, what, what, what are some of the challenges that you see your team addressing for growers in the future? What are they working on right now? I've been uh, the general manager here, Tim Delibai. He's he's kind of uh, charged us, and you know, you look at biologicals and okay. uh, that that space alone. If you say that in the ag world, you know, that's the fastest. It's it's the fast new car. It's the you know, I'll go. It's it's the crypto of it, ag. It, well, <laughs> maybe, maybe not now. <laughs> maybe not lately. You know, ninety five to to under <laughs> under twenty thousand. I guess yeah, it's. Uh, it, it it might not be crypto. Okay, it's but the electric car. Yeah, it's Tesla, maybe, <laughs> maybe Tesla. But but yeah, you know, and, and in saying that, I, I think we're charged. You know, Tim has kind of kind of given us yeah. the, the 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 marching orders to 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 pursue this, and and I, I think the biggest thing that we're trying to pursue is is we need to have the credibility and the trust of our sales team and our grower that when we're, when we're going to bring a biological, there's a, I guess. You know, in the past, there's this, uh, I guess, connotations of sure. maybe some, I'll use the word snake and oil oh, kind of yeah. behind it. But um, we're trying to ground truth all of that. And, right. you know, you, you look at, at that, that, that's one of the biggest things. But, you know, as far as our, our, our future or our concepts, you know, I got looking and we have 83 concepts, product innovations wow. in the wow. pipeline. So, you start looking at that. I think you know our future's pretty stacked to 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 be able to uh, bring that kind of uh, stuff to life. Will they all come to life? No, but we have you know concepts and, and innovation products that that we're looking at that that could could come to market. So and and biologicals is obviously going to going to be part of it. And, and our brand managers are actively looking at that space. So we, we can we can bring something with our name on on that, so our growers and our sales staff know that when we put that Helena logo back on it, they're going to have that comfortability of of knowing that that they're putting something on there that that's going to work and bring value to to the to their ranch. Wow, great! That's exciting. Eighty three products in, in the pipeline that are. I guess being considered, they're on the whiteboard right now. Yeah, they're they're going through what uh-huh. you said. You asked me about the process. They're yeah. going through that process wow. now. Whether they're being tested and and they could be in year one, they could be in year three, they could be. You know, you know, we also have the, you know the registration process. We we oh. forgot about that that that, <laughs> that 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 one that that little uh, gem yeah. in the in the mix. But uh, yeah, it, it, it's it's it is. Truly impressive when you start start looking at that, and you you sit down with some of these other other companies, whether it's you know the Bears of the world, the the Syngentas, the FMCs of the world. Our pipeline is uh, as good uh, as any any of them, I think. So wow, well, you know, I was going to ask you, uh, you know, not so much, I guess, on on some of the supplier side, but what makes th- products that your team comes up with what makes them really different from other competitors on the market uh, bill that, that's an easy one yeah it's people okay you know it's it's our our mantra it's people products knowledge and and it, i think it all starts going back right to what we've talked about it i think this will be the third time is is that that field staff and and our sure. and our and our people that that dealing with with that farm gate they're bringing us an idea mm-hmm. a concept and then our team in here is, I think, as as good as anybody out there in uh, in our in our space 
and uh, trying to bring those products to life. So that 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 would be the biggest thing is is it's the people and and then we we ground truth everything and then right. like I said when you're going to put that Helena Products logo on something, our sales force has a they they get comfy. It's 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 the warm blanket. Uh, approach because they know it, what it's went through to to get that logo. Wow, wow, Greg, uh, we're here in uh, the end of June, and then you know your team has the opportunity going to be featuring uh, uh, some of the highlights on uh, a field day coming up. Um, is there is there anything that uh, you want to share about that? Uh, I, I'm just you know I think I don't have a whole bunch to share, but. I, what I what I can say is I'm just so happy that we're actually having it. You know, yeah. you go back and let's let's be realistic. We haven't been ha- we haven't had a chance to have a field day, a true field day with with actual face to face customers and and our staff and our field staff here at, at the research center and at the agri center. It, that alone is is a win. And yeah, we've got you know anywhere from six six. Uh, of these concepts that we're going to be looking at. Sure. We've got lots of, you know, uh, herbicide trials. We've got lots of nutritional trials, sideband starters. Sure. So, you know, protect is going to be out there and, and, you know, we, Bill, you guys did a great job at the commodity classic. You know, it's, it's been kind of launched and Tony's, Tony's going to get into that at the field day, but yeah, we're excited to have the field day and, and that's where our brand guys shine and, and our R and D guys shine. It, that's what they live for is, is being able to stand in front of a group and, and work it outside and, and be right in on that turn row with our staff and with our field people. So it's really, we're looking forward to it now. It's the weather. Let's talk about that. It's the gonna heat be you brought from Arizona. Yeah, 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 yeah. The Ninety-five with fifty to sixty percent humidity next week. Um, there you go. Yeah, it'll be it'll be fun. But, you know, Greg, you bring up a great point. I I, I think uh, the the Evolve Field Day is a great opportunity to really not just showcase products. We're certainly going to do some of that and the pipeline stuff, but to showcase the people that are behind the yeah, scenes. That's. We haven't been able to get our guys in front of people and, and right. gals and ladies and right. everybody to to show the lab. You know, everybody that we this since I got here, we finally started getting. You know, and after February, we finally sure. started bringing people in to actually train to come into the lab sure. to bringing outside people in. So this pandemic and COVID and everything that's been going on, it's it's nice to um, to be able to get back to what we normally do sure. on a yearly basis and that that's have a have a field day and you know we're evolving just like you yeah. say into into something special here uh, next week so we're really looking forward to it well Greg uh, Greg Smith Helena products group Greg glad to have you here in Memphis joining our team uh, excited to have you here on the field link podcast and thanks for all you do and your team does yeah I appreciate it thanks Bill for having me Thanks for joining us on this episode of FieldLink. Be sure to download FieldLink on your favorite podcast platform and follow us on social media to be sure that you don't miss the latest FieldLink podcast episode. Plus, gain even more agronomic insight by visiting the FieldLink section on HelenaAgra.com.